Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Okay, all right, here we go. Here we are once again, the Growing in Grace podcast. Thank you for listening, for telling a friend that we are here at growingingrace.org. My name is Mike Kapler. They call me the Cap. We've got the Breeze Man with me here again, Joel Brzezinski, program number 667. 667, take one. How you doing, Joel? <laughs> oh, I messed up there. Let's start again. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> no. Oh, you, you're you're trying to be funny because I said take one. Take one. So now it's take two, <laughs> even though we'll keep it all in there. We so, never, we hardly ever, ever in all the 667 podcasts we've done, we hardly ever start over for <laughs> no, any reason, I unless think, there was a technical problem. Yeah, I think the only time we've ever done it is for something technical. Maybe once one of our dogs started barking like uncontrollably or something. In fact, if you listen to a few of the podcasts, you'll probably hear some either your dog or my dog barking because we didn't cut it out (laughs) in the background anyway. It's clear we were talking about (laughs) Gentiles at the time. Yes, the dogs. Yes, wanting crumbs from the table. That's right. And that's what we used to be. And now in Christ... (laughs) There, there are no dogs. There, there's no Jew. There's no Gentile. But we've been made one. That's an important point to make because, I mean, spiritually speaking, that is the state that we are in right now. Now, physically, of course, there are Jewish people who are born of that race and, and people born outside of the Jewish race. And and, and it's a, a good thing to understand the, the context in many places in the Bible between Jew and Gentile mm-hmm. and, and how it brought us to where we are today in the New Covenant. But you're right. There's no longer that barrier. And what, what was it that kept the two apart, the Jew and the Gentile, the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people? It was that dividing wall known as the law and the commandments, which came through Moses. Once Christ tore that down, then we were made into one new man in Christ. Yeah, you'll find that in Ephesians 2, if anyone wants to look that up. And that is important. That's a big part of what we talk about. I know it's on your heart a lot. It's on my heart a lot. The understanding, and this isn't, well, today we had a few things in our on our minds that we thought we might talk about, but we said, let's just go for it. Let's just start talking. So <laughs> here we here we are. And not that we're going to focus on this, but a big thing that you and I like to make the point about is that there are two different covenants, two major covenants, the old covenant and the new covenant. The people of Israel were the ones who were under the old covenant. The whole rest of the world, these Gentiles of which we're speaking, were not invited to that party. We're not invited to that covenant. Gentiles have never been under the law of Moses. Gentiles have never been under God's law. We were separate. We were far off. We um, were without hope. We were without God in this world, and we were just off. There was nothing we could do about it until Christ came. What you were just talking about there from Ephesians, what God did in Christ was that that thing that separated us, that dividing line like you were talking about, the law of commandments. It says there in Ephesians 2, 
Christ is our peace. He has made the both one, the Jew and Gentile one, broken down that middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. And so whether you were formerly a Jew or formerly a Gentile, in Christ we've been brought into one new body that's neither Jew, that's neither Gentile, that's not under the law, but that is under Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ in us, the one new man. And so uh, we're a part of that. And that's important to understand because a lot of people think that we need to be under the law. We need the law to show us what is right and what is wrong. We need the commandments because they show us God's way to live. And when people say that, they really have a a misunderstanding of what the purpose of the law was about. And it was really meant for death and condemnation. It was meant to be the thing that increased sin. That's not me speaking. That was Paul who said that. And it was the strength of sin. And so people needed to, the Jews needed to be free of that in order to be married to Christ. And Gentiles simply came to Christ realizing that, hey, in Christ, I'm accepted by God. So anyway, we'll see where we want to go with this today. Well, I'm going to keep going where you're going, I think. And that is, Joel, when we talk about the law that was ushered in through Moses during that generation, what is it we're referring to? I mean, you you, you know, we sometimes casually throw some of these things around. Um, and I don't mean you and me, but I just mean we as Christians. What is the law? What is it when we talk about the law and the commandments from that old covenant found in the Old Testament and that Jesus would refer back to from time to time? In 613 commands. And, and, and here's the thing that people need to understand. I didn't even know this until I started writing the book, Joel, Clash of the Covenants. And then I started finding out some things I'd never really heard other people talk a lot about before. And one of them is God declared in Deuteronomy chapter 4, also Deuteronomy 12, and you'll find it in other places too, but he got real specific in Deuteronomy 4, 2 and 12, 32. He said, this law, you're going to do it. You're going to do all of it. And nothing is to be taken away from it. Nothing is to be added to it. So it came together as a package. I know some people just think of you know, the, the commandments that God engraved into stone, that you know, the top ten, and maybe a few other ones. But there was a whole bunch of rules, laws, commandments, and statutes that, that all came together into something known as the law, singular, not plural. It was a package of over 600 commandments and rules and statutes to follow for the Jewish people, not for us outside of the Jewish race. It was a covenant God made with Israel, and that law was included in that covenant. And so I just want to point that out because you can't cross off some of the things and say, keep the Ten Commandments. If you're going to try to live under the system that says thou shall not covet, then you're going to have to follow the rest of that as well, the the entire 613, if that's the system you're going to live under. Remember, the Apostle Paul said, I lived under that system. I thought it was going to give me life, just like a lot of those people who wrote the Psalms thought it was going to give them life. (laughs) I'm putting some words in his mouth, but that's essentially where it was coming from. 
I thought it was going to give me life. I found or that it was proven that it would only bring me death. And so that was the purpose of the law. And so I know some people think we need those kinds of things to guide us, uh, to keep certain boundaries, you know, around us. That isn't really what the law was for. I, I just think some of these things, people, it flies over our head. But the Apostle Paul told the Galatians, if there was one law, if there was one that could give life, then righteousness would have been by the law. But there wasn't one. The law was weak through the flesh, and it could not help us. It could not give us what we needed. That's why Jesus came, and he not only did uh, what we could not do for ourselves, he did what the law could not do for us, according to Romans chapter 8. All right. And that's it. That's um, several things that you talked about there that uh, I think it's true. A lot of people don't realize what the true purpose and scope of the law was. If indeed the law was meant to show us for the rest of time and eternity, at least the rest of our lives here on earth, what is right and what is wrong, then like you say, God himself said that you can't break the commandments up. You can't break it up. It's it's one law. And so people say, well, we're, we're, we're under the Ten Commandments, so we need to follow those, but uh, the rest of them were not. But God said otherwise. God said it's all one law. And so, because people will say, well, we're under the Ten Commandments, but we don't need to follow the rest. And then yet, at the same time, out of the other side of their mouth, what they'll say is, well, Paul in Second Timothy said, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture. So you're saying that we're not under this or that? That's what they'll say to us. And so I'm saying, well, if you're saying that all scripture is inspired by God, which I believe it is, and is profitable for doctrine, then, okay, so you say we're under the law of you shall keep the Sabbath. Uh, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. Well, God said you can't break that up. So you're also under the law that says you can't eat shellfish. You can't eat lobster. You can't eat bacon. You can't sow your field with mixed seed. You can't wear clothes of mixed linen. Uh, Well, we're not under those laws is what they'll say. And so, like I said, speaking out of one side of their mouth, they'll say all of Scripture is God-breathed. And out of the other mouth... They'll say, uh, well, those ones we don't need to pay attention to. When God says, if you're under the law, you got to do it all. If you break even one law, you're guilty of all. And so, we're, we're of course, we're not saying go and murder, go commit adultery. We're not saying any of that stuff. We're not saying that's good. Of course, that's not good. We're just saying you don't need the law to tell you that. You don't need the law to tell you how to live when you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you. We have something new in Jesus Christ. It's something that that has to do not with law, but has to do with life. Like you said, life couldn't come from the law. What we have in Jesus Christ is, is life, and that is how we live. Yes, it is about life. It's the spirit of life in us. Because this grace that we've now encountered that they did not encounter in the first covenant, this grace empowers us. Grace does not give you a license to sin. Grace will not lead you into sin. Neither will the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of grace. 
let's not insult the spirit of grace uh, by saying that uh, too much grace without some boundaries. Uh, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I get it. But quit trying to reason from the flesh. And let's take a look at what the scripture has to say in the proper context of the old and the new covenant. And, and part of that has to do with this new life that God has gifted us with. You see, because if, if you're only looking at Jesus as one who has died, been buried, and been resurrected, you're missing out on some big blessings in your own life because you need to begin to see, and this is something we grow in, it's, it's a bit of a challenge to wrap our minds around it, but we need to begin to see ourselves also as having been killed, buried, and risen with Christ. You and I, risen with Christ. That's how we're positioned in him. We talk a lot about Jesus being in us, which is good and true, and we, we talk a lot about that. We'll talk about it some more. There are more references about us being in him. And so once we begin to understand that, the Spirit is our guide. The Spirit is the one who leads us into all truth. He is the one who has given us life. It's not our life anymore. It's his life in us, and grace now empowers us to be able to experience this supernatural, abundant life that Jesus brought to us. So we've got more to talk about on this. Man, I think it's going to get really good. I hope you'll check us out next week, same bat time, same bat channel, growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.